This is Biggest Mistakes I Made While Shooting My First Wedding. Written and narrated by me, Christina Fenner. Okay, ready to cringe with me? I'm taking a trip down memory lane and breaking down some of the biggest mistakes I made nearly 10 years ago when I was hired to shoot my very first wedding. Let's get right to it. When I opened the email and read that someone was actually inquiring about their upcoming wedding, I was immediately like, no, absolutely not. No way in hell am I qualified to shoot someone's wedding. I remember it pretty vividly. I was sitting on my couch in my apartment and was pretty astonished that someone even thought that I was capable of such a thing. A few days later, I decided that I should probably reply since these people were nice enough to even consider me in the first place. I remember debating whether or not I should tell them that I hadn't ever even photographed a wedding before and that I had really only been driving past 9 p.m. without an adult for like maybe a year. I remember they asked me about my availability and my pricing, and since I had 0.0 things on my calendar, I was free, but I was totally brain dead when it came to knowing how much I should charge. For whatever reason, 300 bucks sounded good enough to me, and if I remember correctly, I did in fact tell them that I didn't have any prior wedding experience because, quite frankly, I thought that alone would scare them away and let me off the hook, and if that didn't work then surely charging 300 bucks would send them into a tizzy and out of my inbox. Uh, nope. Neither scared them off, and before I knew it, I was in a full-blown panic attack because I had actually agreed to photograph somebody else's wedding. So, what did I do? I turned to Pinterest, of course. I've since created a new Pinterest account, but I wish that I could still access that inspo board that I created back then in hopes of hyping myself up to create something half as magical as the shit that I had pinned. I don't think that this was a mistake, and quite frankly, I think this is probably something I would do today to start to get those creative juices flowing. However, what was a mistake was that I had failed to do my research on what all needed to be photographed in the order of wedding events. The last wedding that I had attended was when I was four and I was a flower girl in my aunt's wedding. Yeah, seriously. I had no idea what a timeline was or what was actually happening during a wedding. Sure, I had plenty of pinned ideas on how to pose the bride and groom together, but I had no idea that I needed to do stuff like detail shots or photograph the guys getting ready or anything like that. I had also failed to set up a meeting or a FaceTime with the couple before the wedding. All of our correspondence was via email, and I'm assuming very direct and lacked any sort of personality or bedside manner on my end. I put 0.0 effort into getting to know them or connect with them prior to the wedding, and I let myself remain a stranger until the biggest and most important day of their lives. Ugh. I also failed to gain any further information about the wedding itself. For example, I didn't know that the wedding party had like 12 members on each side. I don't know exactly how many bridesmaids and groomsmen there were, but I do know that to this day, that was one of the largest wedding parties I've ever photographed. Talk about intimidating when I showed up that morning. Mistake number three. I thought I could do it alone. I had heard of the concept of second shooters, but thought that it was totally unnecessary. Spoiler alert, it's not. It's completely necessary. I remember at one point during the wedding day, I had needed a step stool for something. I can't remember what, but I was panicked and over an hour and a half away from home. 
At some point, I had told my dad via text about the step stool dilemma when he had asked me how my day was going. And wouldn't you know, in rolls Chuck Fenner, an hour and a half drive one way with a step stool. If there has ever been a cheerleader for CFP from literally day one, it's him. However, because I was so incredibly stressed out and immature at the time, I was embarrassed and annoyed that my dad had shown up on my first day of school. I mean, first day of shooting a wedding. And instead of kissing the ground that he walked on, I hastily thanked him and shooed him the hell out of the building. I didn't want to feel like my dad had to come to my rescue. That I was a big girl, and I totally had it under control. But deep down, it was very clear to me that I couldn't do this alone. Not just the photography part, but everything. I wish I had helped with practically everything that I was trying to accomplish that day. And I just made my life harder by not swallowing my pride and asking for it. My next mistake was not forming up an accurate timeline or even a time frame with the bride. I'm pretty sure I showed up as this poor bride was basically crawling out of bed. However, this actually worked to my advantage because since there was literally nothing to do at 7 a.m. the morning of a wedding, I decided maybe I could photograph the dress and the shoes and ding, 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 detail shots. These shots were actually not terrible, and I remember thinking that it was so cool that the bride's shoes were flip-flops. I had never seen or heard of such a thing. Revolutionary shit. Speaking of detail shots, something that I literally still think about every time I photograph a dress is the fact that on this day, I was too afraid of ruining the dress that I didn't even take it out of the dress bag. I was having heart palpitations even unzipping the dress bag, so in the photo that I took, you can see some of the dress surrounded by this neon pink dress bag. Oh, and I accidentally photographed the back of the dress, so I didn't even get any shots of the front. Face, meat, palm. Okay, so here's exactly what to do if you are uncomfortable handling a wedding dress for photos. Ask the maid of honor. Go up and say, hey, I'd love to photograph the dress out of the bag, and I was wondering if you would mind helping me remove the dress and get it hung for the photo. I still almost always ask for help when photographing the dress, because they're usually pretty heavy and hard to finagle out of the bag. And let's be honest, if something goes terribly wrong, there's someone else you can blame the disaster on. Just kidding. Kinda. Anyway, so my poor bride only has dress shots of her beautiful dress from the back and slightly peeping outside of this massive neon pink dress bag because I was too nervous to take action to get the dress shot that I actually wanted and was more than capable of capturing. Next, let's talk about my equipment because this is something that I was very ill-prepared for. At the time, I owned exactly one lens, an 85mm 1.2. If any photographers out there are listening, I know you're thinking that that's a pretty bougie lens to start off with. And yes, it remains to this day as one of the best lenses a portrait photographer can carry in their arsenal. But it was not my friend when it came to photographing all kinds of different situations in various sized rooms that day. The 85mm is not a versatile lens by any means. And I'm pretty sure that I had a 24 to 70 millimeter lens sitting in my Amazon cart before the start of the reception that day. The limitations of this lens also limited my creative abilities greatly. And while I did make it work, looking back, it was one of the biggest mistakes I made from that day. I also only had one backup battery with me, which thinking about it now, 
gives me the heebie-jeebies. I was lucky that I didn't find myself sitting in a corner next to an outlet, holding up the entire wedding, waiting for a freaking battery to charge. Literally, by the grace of God, my batteries somehow lasted me that entire day. I was also lacking an off-camera flash, which meant that I was at the mercy of the tungsten yellow overhead lighting during the indoor ceremony and reception. Big no-no. So now, if I were to recommend equipment requirements for a newbie wedding photographer, I would suggest having the following. Obviously, a camera, a 50mm lens, and either a 24-70mm to lens or a 70-200mm to lens. At least three batteries for your camera and a battery charger just in case. At least two 64GB cards, an off-camera flash, and a full 16-pack of AA batteries for your flash. Now, this is literally just the bare minimum of what I would suggest having at your first wedding, but I highly suggest Googling other items and things to bring to save your ass. Next mistake. I was afraid of getting in the way and speaking up, providing direction, giving input, and I was pretty much walking around acting like a beat puppy. I was so out of my element, and I know it showed. I had entirely let the concept of fake it until you make it go out the window, and I remember feeling like I was frantically treading water so I didn't drown. I was so afraid that I was going to miss something that I actually didn't really enjoy any part of that day. I didn't allow myself to enjoy the creative side of this job because that's exactly what I was treating it as, a job. Get the picture, make sure it's decent, and scramble to the next random thing that I thought that needed to be photographed. You know, like the curtain rods or the toiletries basket in the bathroom. Yeah, seriously. I'm sure that I also wasn't very openly friendly because I just thought of myself as staff. I was there to do nothing but take pictures and keep my mouth shut. And I missed a lot of great candids and beautiful shots because I was afraid to be in anyone's way or to be a bother. I waited for the couple or the wedding party to suggest things that they wanted photos of. And I floundered around that entire day because of my lack of confidence in myself and in my work. This is so far from what I believe my role to be at a wedding day today. Now, I will say that the photos that I took that day are actually pretty decent and ones that I'm proud of to this day. To those of you who know this wonderful couple or have seen these wedding photos, you may be thinking that I'm being a little too hard on myself, but it's because of my ability to recognize my shortcomings, flaws, and mistakes, and then analyze the ways that I can do better that has allowed me to now have photographed over 120 weddings within the last 10 years. I'm hard on myself because I know that I can do better. And this was a very real experience that I'm sure other newbie photographers can benefit from by hearing the actual not sugar-coated truth. Next mistake. I didn't take enough of a variety of each shot. For example, when I had the bride and groom standing together side by side, I took one photo of them looking at me, then one of them looking at each other, then one of them kissing, and I think that's it. Small changes make big impacts in photos. So what I should have done is gotten a close-up of them kissing, a full body of them kissing, a horizontal of them kissing, a pulled back shot of them kissing with something in the foreground, etc. Now, I'm not going to be too hard on myself on this one because remembering to shoot variations of the same shot or the same pose is actually a trained skill that takes quite a bit of time to develop. But for learning purposes, I'm including it in here. Work smarter, not harder. 
Use the shit out of a location or a pose before you move or readjust your couple, because this gives them plenty of variety in their gallery without much extra work or effort on yours or their part. And lastly, my grand finale mistake. I didn't eat or hydrate properly. Ooh, girl, this is a huge mistake whether you've been a photographer for one day or 10 years. I think it's easy to underestimate the amount of energy that you burn while photographing a wedding. It's an exhausting job that constantly requires you to be on your feet, up and moving, and running around a majority of the day. That day, I brought a regular-sized Gatorade with me that I had probably finished right before the ceremony. But then, when the reception time rolled around, I was incredibly shaky and hangry. I guess I assumed that I would have time to run to McDonald's or something to grab dinner, but I, in fact, did not. And let me tell you, in the last 10 years, there has never been time at any point during a wedding day to stop in at a drive-thru. And plus, that is an extremely high risk to run. Can you imagine a couple not having photos of their first dance because you were in the parking lot shoving overly salted fries in your face? Gives me anxiety even thinking about it. While the guests were eating dinner, I remember I watched either the DJ or the videographer, I can't remember which vendor it was, eat a plate of food at the reception. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe he's eating their food. I was just waiting for a bridesmaid to rip him a new one, or for a lightning bolt to magically appear from the sky and strike him dead. After 15 minutes of salivating watching this poor man enjoy a nice hot meal, I decided to chance my luck and sneak over to the remnants of the appetizer table. I have never loved dried out veggies with ranch so much in my entire life. Make no mistake, this was not the couple's fault whatsoever. Nobody told me I couldn't eat. I just assumed that I shouldn't. And I didn't plan ahead and pack myself anything to eat or drink. It's not the couple's job on the day of their wedding to check in and make sure that I'm not twitching over in a corner while my blood sugar levels plummet. This was my fault entirely. And now, 10 years later, here's exactly what I do to avoid starvation on a wedding day. I put it in my contract. Yep, I state in my contract that myself and my second shooter will be provided with a guest meal. I know some of you are thinking, wow, Christina, that's ballsy, telling the couple that they have to feed you? And I'll be honest, for a little while, it felt a little uncomfortable including that in my contract, but to my surprise, my couples were actually shocked that I even had to include it in the first place. They just couldn't fathom not feeding their vendors. A few years after my first wedding, Greg and I were shooting a different wedding where the catering company was specifically told that the vendors were not allowed to eat any of the guest food. And that was a hangry disaster. From that day on, I swore that I would never bring any of my team members to an event where we were not allowed to eat a hot meal. Since then, I've raised our standard and I've never had a single couple raise an eyebrow. Here's the thing. You must fuel your body to perform your best work. I know that I don't have time to run and grab food, and I'm doing the couple a disservice by chancing the risk of missing an important reception photo op that I know that they will want. However, I do always bring snacks and a large amount of water in an insulated canteen. So my piece of advice here, pay attention to your body, eat and stay hydrated, or else your work, without a doubt, will suffer. I'm sure there are plenty of other cringy moments from that day that I've since forgotten. 
But what I do remember so clearly is how kind, considerate, and patient this couple was to me. They definitely set that bar pretty damn high for the other CFP couples to come. It wasn't long after that, I received my very next wedding inquiry, and then another one, and then another one. I actually had a feeling that I might be onto something at the end of the night of my very first wedding. The couple had hired a videographer, some middle-aged guy with one of those huge shoulder cameras that you used to see used for news stations. Honestly, at the time, it looked like it belonged in a museum, but that's irrelevant. He came up to me as the reception was wrapping up. Again, I was literally there until the end of the day. And he said to me, I've got to tell you, I've never seen a photographer run around and photograph as much as you did today. You must have been doing this for a really long time. Great work. It took me a minute to determine whether or not this guy was joking and might bust out laughing. But he didn't. He was serious. I looked at him and said, this was actually my very first wedding ever. And he replied, well, it'd be a shame for you not to do something like this with the drive that you have. Nice working with you. I instantly felt like such a cold-hearted bitch because I had literally not spoken a word to this man the entire day. I don't think I ever even asked him his name. And he had just given me one of the biggest compliments I've ever received to this day. He had also unknowingly given me the swift kick in the ass and the glimmer of confidence that I needed to push CFP to the 10-year finish line this coming May. So because I didn't get a chance to say it 10 years ago, thank you, camera guy. In conclusion, I want to again thank the sweet couple, Terry and Joe, who took a chance on me 10 years ago. Thank you to my dad for always being my number one hype man and stepstool bringer. And thank you to the camera guy who changed my life's trajectory. And last but certainly not least, thank you to you for listening and allowing me to go from a failed dress shot to now a podcast sharing all the juicy and cringy details and lessons alike. And if you'd like to take a look at some of these photos from this wedding, you can check them out on the blog post for this podcast episode. Cheering you on from the neon pink dress bag. Christina.